you know, Jennifer, there's a lot of people out there that spend uh, time at night. You know, they wake up in the middle of the night. They're worrying about things that may or may not happen. How can they turn worry into a prayer? You know, I really believe that it starts as a decision and then it moves into a discipline. And I know that sounds very, uh, you know, one, two, <laughs> do this, do that. But you know what? Worry comes in all the time, uh, especially nowadays. I think people are filled with a lot of various worries and concerns and uncertainties. And so what I learned a long time ago was that it really was that initial decision to stop worry in its tracks so that every time a worry comes in, I just make that decision to say, do I have control over this situation or not? And more than likely, we don't have control over it. And so that at that point, then I just make that decision to commit it to the Lord through prayer instantly. And then when it comes back, and it will, I just commit it to him again and again. And pretty soon after you, you practice that decision of stopping it in its tracks, and then that discipline of offering that worry to God in prayer, it becomes more of a daily habit. And then you can just, you know, continue that. And, and it really does strengthen you. Um, it eradicates a lot of worry, especially when you ask yourself that question, do I have control over this or not? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Give us an example of, of uh, turning a worry into a prayer. Okay, so let's say that you have a teenager who is not walking with God. And you're seeing a lot of, um, you know, scary things kind of coming about in their life. And you're, you're trying to be the best parent that you can. And there are certain things out of your control, namely their heart for Christ, right? Mm -hmm. We can teach our children about the Lord. We can uh, model what it means to walk with God, but we cannot make them believe. And so that worry is going to come in. It is because we love our kids. And we want we, their salvation is the most important thing to us, right? So let's say that worry comes in again. Well, I have no control over that. I have taught my children what it means to love the Lord. And I've taught them what it means to uh, receive Christ unto salvation. But it is up to them and the Lord. For the, it's their journey, right? And so when that thought comes in of, I'm, Lord, I'm just desperate for them to know you, I don't have to worry about it. I just offer it back up to him again and again. So that's one really powerful example. I love that because I always telling the ladies that are in my group, my Bible study group, don't stop praying for your spouse. Don't stop praying for your children and other people because even though you may see them lost, you know, the Lord knows, the Lord knows. Um, so, what are some steps we can take to give worry over to the Lord? Yeah, so um, I would start keeping a list. Um, I think uh, making lists of our worries is beneficial in the sense that you're able to see on paper th sometimes the silly things that we worry about. Um, I tell the story of when I was a young mom, and I was a super, super anxious, worried mother. Um, I'm not proud of that, but that's how the Lord really drew me out of intense worry was like that journey of being a mom. 
And I remember um, recently telling my daughter who's grown now and she's pregnant with her first baby. I remember telling her um, if I woke up in the morning back then and I wasn't worried, I started to worry about what I should be worried about. That's how that is. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) I think so many people do this. (laughs) I I should be worried about something and I would try to think of what I should be worried about. And that's terrible. (laughs) It it happens though. It does that. You're right. A hundred percent. I think if you may start making a list of your worries, just keep a running list. Just take a piece of notebook paper, put it on the counter where you're going to be working or where you're going to be spending your day. And just every time a worry comes in, just try this for a couple of days even. But every time a worry comes in, just jot it down, whether it be finances or um, the gutter is leaking or whatever it might be, just start to make this list. And suddenly you will begin to see the things that are fixable and the things that are really out of your control. And then you can commit that list to the Lord. And so many of those things can be crossed off just by committing them to God and realizing that you cannot change it, but you can trust the living God. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, sometimes we try to do things, Jennifer, in our Mm -hmm. own strength, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that God has better plans for us. He doesn't want us to worry. He doesn't want us to um, try to push. But, you know, you know what, what, what should we do that, that get that plan in? Trust God for that plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. If you're anything like me, and I know many women are like this, I think it's just in our nature, <clears throat> we will pray and commit something to the Lord. But then we will turn around and try to fix it ourselves immediately after praying, right? So for example, we might say, um, I'm worried about uh, these health symptoms. You know, once we reach midlife, our hormones get out of whack. um, Our joints start hurting. Our hair thins out, all the things, right? Yeah. And we might say, Lord, I really want to trust you with my health and I want to live according to your perfect design for me. Um, I want to honor you with my body and I want to eat the things that you created me to eat. And I want to get enough sunshine and fresh air and exercise all the things. And we commit that to the Lord, but then what do we do? We immediately hop on the computer and start Googling our symptoms. Of course. Isn't that (laughs) the truth? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with trying to find out more knowledge about, you know, taking good care of our bodies and different things. I'm not saying that I Google things all the time, but I think it's that mentality of trying to fix things in our own strength while also committing it to God. But are we fully committing it to him or are we just kind of doing this lip service of, I trust you with my health, God, now I'm going to Google it and see what I can do to make my healthy. <laughs> yeah, I that's a great that's a great answer. I love that. Um cuz I'm I find myself doing that as well. Um so how have you seen um God work in your life? Oh boy, like daily, hourly. <laughs> Um, you know, I became a Christian the uh the very tail end of my senior year of high school. And this was after several years of rebellion. Um, I was just living that typical American teenager life in the 80s. And um, 
it, it wasn't good. I wasn't following the Lord or anything like that. And so when I came to realize that there was a savior who could save me from my sinful life, um, it was, it was amazing. And I remember being, you know, being baptized, um, one Sunday in May, it was May 1st of 1988. And I came up out of that water and it was just like renewal, complete renewal. And, um, however, my flesh was still in that mode of the, the battle of the sin, you know, and that waging against the Holy Spirit. And so there was, there was a period of time where it was kind of tough for me for a few years. And I was just constantly battling the flesh and trying to obey the Lord and this back and forth thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I got married and started having my own family, it was like it recentered me into what it meant to follow the Lord yeah. and with that eternal perspective in mind. And so that has been the process from then on. The Lord has just continued to mature me. He's continued to point out um, areas of my life that still need to be submitted to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's ongoing. It's going to be ongoing until heaven. I'm yeah. just, I have not arrived. I have not arrived. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I have that security and that guarantee from the Holy Spirit that I am his and that mm-hmm. um, heaven is waiting. But there is a refining process that is going to happen until the day that I meet Jesus. Mm. Great story. You know, um, the ministry that you're doing right now, um, you had to step out and realize that, you know, there's something out there that needs to be ministered to. Let's talk about that a little bit. These, the middle-aged women, which um, yes. I fit in that category, so I get that. Um, why did you pick that? You know, I started to realize with the online world that there are beautiful resources and amazing women out there who are reaching the younger generation of women. You have all these uh, mommy blogs and young mothers, young families, young women who are just dynamic. For, they love the Lord. They have these amazing ministries for younger women. But I was starting to see a lack of ministry for middle-aged women whose lives are changing, right? They're getting older. Their kids are growing up. They're moving out. They're going to college. They're getting married. These women are becoming grandparents. These women are entering retirement. Their relationships are changing. Their roles in the church are changing. And I just started to feel a real need for biblical encouragement for middle-aged women. And that's why I settled on that age group. I'm in that age group. I need encouragement. My roles have changed. And I just really sensed it a great need, not only here in America, but, but all over the world. Yeah. We fall into a different category. You know, we're empty nesters now. Um, we have to find our way. Sometimes it's a very lonely journey, right? You're finding all that as well. Yes. I mean, I feel like there's, There's a sense of, I mean, even though many of us in this age group, we are surrounded by family and friends, there's a sense of loneliness Mm -hmm. that has permeated um, the middle-aged women um, group. And I think it's because we kind of feel pushed out in, in certain ways. You know, we might be retiring from our jobs, and so that's no longer a daily part of our lives, or we might be pivoting into something new. 
the the roles that we used to serve in the church might be replaced with younger ladies and um it just starts to feel like we don't have a place anymore and i just want to say we have an amazing place in the body of christ yeah i mean we are the women who are supposed to pour into those younger women absolutely with the wisdom, wisdom and experience and everything that we've gone through right yeah. And then we are also to glean from the older women and the older generation that, that have gone before us. Yeah. And I think if we, if we can grasp this, it can be a beautiful working of the giftings within the body of Christ. Yes. Yes. Um, I know that a lot of senior women, middle-aged to senior women have, have uh, ministered to me and have uh, mentored me in such amazing ways, um, showing Christ qualities. So that, that is so true. That, that's a wonderful ministry. So, you know, before we close, if, if you could tell someone out there one thing, what would it be? <laughs> I would just tell them that discouragement doesn't win. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We have victory in Christ Jesus. We have God and we have each other. And every answer we will ever need is found in the Word of God. To find out more about Jennifer and to get her book, Prayer Warrior, Turning Every Worry into Powerful Prayer, go to encouragementmama.com. Thank you for watching the call. We hope you learned more about Jesus through this video. You can have a relationship with Jesus. Just invite him into your life. Repent of your sins, ask for forgiveness, and make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Until next time, may the Lord be with you. For more information about this ministry, go to the call with nancysabato.com where we are leading you to Christ through stories and teaching.